Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we've got a United States women's national team versus New Zealand recap. Before we get into everything, a quick reminder to subscribe to us on YouTube and please give our videos a thumbs up, youtube.com slash attacking third. You can get all your exclusive United States women's national team content, previews, recaps, interviews right here on A3. Let's talk about it. Lisa, we got a United States women's national team game to recap. How are you doing this morning? Thank God we got a U.S. women's national team game to talk about. Um, I'm good. I'm a little sleepy this morning because of our our late night last night. I'm not going to lie. I did the whole like caffeination, like drinking coffee at like five and six o'clock, which really helped me. And then I could fall right asleep after the game. Um, Almost fell asleep during that first half. I'm going to be really honest. But it's it's good that we get to talk about it and to break it all down because we talked about it in our preview. This is the turn of a page. This is the start of a fresh chapter for the United States women's national team, a world cup year. They've got a lot of eyeballs on them, a lot of pressure on them. um, A lot of pressure on black Kalaninovsky to, to go to this world cup in July and dominate and win again. We're seeing the return of some players. Um, It's, it's an exciting time to be covering the United States women's national team. It's an exciting time to be a fan. We got to see the game on HBO max for the first time, a start of a new decade there with how we're going to watch it with full pregame, full postgame. Uh, it was also on Telemundo. There was, there was a lot of moving pieces last night. A lot, Me scrambling for my HBO login at the last minute, of course. <laughs> like, that's what I was doing. I, I sent, like, emergency text messages in my family group chat, like, the siren emoji. And I was like, help, what is the login? I can't get in. 
of course, this was like 9.32. So I wasn't missing any of the game. I was just, I wanted to get it geared up. I wanted to see what it was all about. Um, you mean, you, you, know, mean that- you're not, you mean you're not logged in all the time? You're not watching House of Dragons or anything like no, that? No, I don't watch any of that stuff. I <laughs> don't have time for that. And so I was, it was hilarious. Thank you, uh, my brother-in-law, Ryan, to the rescue. He sent oh, me his login. Yeah, it was awesome. But um, yeah. how about you? How you doing? Did, did you get some rest last night after you wrote up the game? Uh, I tried to, but, you know, you're so amped after these games. You know, know. it's hard to, to fall asleep. But I'm, I'm with you. I feel that 100%. Shout out to my partner totally utilizing her yeah. uh, login as well. That's uh, that's what we do. Please please don't come after us, HBO Max. For the, for the share. You can hit login, us with but, a free login, HBO well, Max. Like we, You can I, hit us with a free login if we don't have to steal our... <laughs> Look, but I wasn't look, I was intrigued, right? So the ahead of ahead of these games, we've talked a little bit about it in our preview um about the rights deal and how that's going to look moving forward. It's it's a Turner rights deal, so there will be games on HBO Max at times. There will be matches on on, on Turner Network channels, whether that's a TNT or USA. Um, and they also inked a Spanish language broadcast rights deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so able to to watch that via Telemundo uh, or stream Telemundo on Peacock if, if you're uh, if you're into that streaming app as well. So I was curious. Well, I watch a lot of soccer on 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 Telemundo or or Univision. What I wanted to do, I wanted to watch this on HBO Max because I was just very curious of how this would would look or what it would sound like. Um, was really in, intrigued by the the pregame show. Shout out to Shannon Box. Thought yeah. she was great. Demarc alongside Demarcus Beasley. That was really really cool to see. Um, so there were like a lot of other different elements within this to to get excited about as well going into this match. So let's 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 get into it. Let's get into what we actually got to see from the team. Uh, during this first game against New Zealand, it's going to be a two-game series here. Um, but we were we had said in our preview some of the things that we wanted to take a look at, or who we were, you know, had some hopes to uh, for in this game and, and get some extra minutes. Uh, United States uh, playing the first of these two friendlies in New Zealand out in Wellington at Sky Stadium. Uh, Twelve thousand five hundred and eight fans in attendance to to take a look at this game. Not too shabby on a weekday right, right smack dab in the middle of an afternoon uh i, I didn't i don't think that's too too bad there uh breaking like you said breaking uh a record largest uh crowd ever to catch the new zealand women's national team on their home soil but united states coming in here playing spoiler uh to for for the big crowd let's start with the starting 11. Lisa, we have to talk a little bit about who we ended up seeing get nabbed for the start in this first game. We saw Alyssa Nair, Annette, Crystal Dunn, Becky Sauron, Naomi Girma, Emily Fox to round out the defense in the back line. Middle third, uh, Lindsey Horan, Roosevelt, Taylor Korniak in the front line. We saw Mallory Swanson, formerly Pew, Alex Morgan, and Midge Purse. Uh, typical. 4-3-3 to start off this match. It's it's not something that they've uh that they've veered from over the last year or so and doesn't seem like that's going to be the case necessarily to at least to start out matches uh for the remainder of 2023. But when we're looking at this starting 11 drop, Lisa, mm-hmm. what were some of your first reactions when you saw some of the names on on this lineup? Um I mean 
yeah, first initial reaction was when we saw the the names initially, they're in a list and they're not laid out in tactical formation. So my first thing was kind of placing these players in my mind in a formation. And we knew it was going to be a 4-3-3. There's, a, there's no doubt about that. So it was just dependent upon where we were going to see the players. So Alyssa Tenere, you and I both kind of dubbed her as, as the player we think we get the start. She's the number one goalkeeper right now for the United States. She deserves the start. She deserves uh, some solidity in the back there. Um, but between Dunn and Fox, to see them both out on the pitch, I, I think this was kind of the best thing I could have asked for because you and I talked about Crystal Dunn and if she was going to get starts, how many minutes she was going to play. And she was on a little bit of minute restriction. But to have her playing on the left side and U.S. head coach Vlako Anonofsky saying we want to get her back to her top, her peak performance, um, and, and that's playing on the left, not putting her out of, quote, out of position on the right back position, but putting her in the left. And I think Emily Fox on the right was a, a good decision to see that slide over because I like both of them together playing on the pitch. And I think that Fox it has brighter moments than someone like a Sofia Huerta defensively one V one and also getting into the attack and, and creating those opportunities uh, with players up in the attacking end of the field. So I really liked that, but I think the midfield and the is where we got confused with Haran, Lavelle, Korniak, what was going to line up there? Who was going to be yeah. playing? I was honestly, I was expecting Haran to play a little bit deeper Um I was not expecting someone like a Korniak to play deeper. And then, of course, yeah. Swanson, Morgan, Purse up top. I, I like to see Purse get that start. I know that in my preview, I didn't think she was. I wasn't sure how much time she was get. I, I would have maybe preferred Rodman over that. But I think what we saw from Purse um, kind of proves that what she's been doing in training camp, uh, what she's been doing in the offseason, that her and Black Wadonofsky have had some conversations. And and when she wasn't called in to the previous two camps, she got pissed off and that it enhanced her to get a little bit better. But uh, overall, I mean, nothing too crazy or too, too surprising about the front line or the back line or the goalkeepers at this point. Yeah, I don't know if I would. Yeah, I don't know if I would look at this lineup and say, "Whoa, that's out of yeah. this world," right? I think my initial reaction to seeing this eleven drop was immediately noting that that Korniak was getting a start and not seeing Sullivan named to this roster. It um, it immediately clicked, and I was like, "Well, I, I guess we're going to see Korniak in this in this eleven, and we're going to see her in that in that middle third." Um, and I think my initial reaction to it was really just sort of like, "Well." I guess placing Korniak at defensive mid is is a thing you can try, um, and I, this is the game to do it, right? We 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 also chatted about that during uh, our preview and even in the reaction to the roster dropping for this January camp that maybe maybe these really early games um, in New Zealand, right? Not enough in an official like FIFA international window is like is perhaps that actual true last opportunity to quote unquote, try some stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, this was something that, that intrigued me immediately in watching it. I was like, well, we, we thought that we were going to see that typical middle three with a Haran, <laughs> with a Sullivan, with a Lavelle. We, we eventually did see it, but not talking about it. We were like, we Hey, it's going to be it. those three. We thought it was going to be, you know, a little bit more of a, of a predictable lineup. And while I don't, I, I don't want to say that like, putting you know making the the decision the coaching staff's decision to to slot Korniak is for me was isn't some sort of like groundbreaking earth-shattering 
kind of type of idea, you know, that this whole concept of like, who's our tallest player? Let's let's throw him in that defensive mid slot. See what happens is not this sort of iconic move uh, for 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 me anyway. This is these are I feel statements. Right. So um, but it but it did pique my curiosity in terms of how that was going to work and what we were going to see, especially in light of the other two players who are were going to be within that middle third as well. Like what was like how was Lindsay Horan going to look? Is, yeah. Was Rose Lavelle going to, you know, still be that that playmaker, you know? Um and it's the first game of the year. It's it's the first yeah. game of the year. Like, uh, how much how much time are these players gonna you know need to get acclimated within within this actual uh, game setting to really look like sort of a, a lethal unit? And I look, that's I think we're just jumping into into this first half now, and that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna break it down half by half and talking about maybe what we saw or lack of what we saw yeah, in this mean, first half, Lisa. I think when you're looking at specifically that midfield and, and Taylor Korniak playing that defensive six role, it it's not where we're used to seeing her. She's m- much more comfortable playing higher up the field. That's where yeah. she's played throughout the NWSL. Uh, in college, she played a forward, right? So she was much, much higher up the pitch. Uh, with San Diego Wave under Casey Stoney, she plays higher in the midfield as well as, as more of a 10, a linker, someone that can play those slotted passes through to the front line. And historically, with Vlachwaninovsky, that's where we've seen her as well. Now, I think it was very interesting that Korniak gets her very first senior national team start, and she's essentially out of position. And clearly this was a conversation between Korniak and Blachowanowski about what kind of role she can play for this team, where they need her. And when you're a, a player in this type of situation, you say, hey, where do you need me, coach? I'm, I'm willing to go and I'm willing to try anything. And I don't think it's a bad idea putting Korniak deeper in the in the midfield and playing that defensive role. She's got the skill. Um She's got the ability to pop into those pockets and and be that connector with really good touches on the ball. She also understands the ability to play quick in that role um, because you're going to have opposition attacking midfielders closing in on you incredibly quickly, plus the front line dropping back of your opposition to make the space around you even tighter. But you could also tell it was incredibly new for a player like Korniak because the holes that she was popping into were perhaps – holes that were already there and she wasn't really creating a lot of other space for her. I know that on, on Twitter and and the heat maps were out there of, of players like Lindsay Horan, Andy Sullivan, and there was one for Taylor Korniak as well that I saw and her touches were mainly in, in the wide areas of the pitch centrally, all, all centrally for the most part in around halfway, but really stretched out wide. And that's a really tricky thing to do as a six to kind of find the central location because that's where you're utilized more. And when you stay closer to the center circle and you can distribute the ball, uh, get it from one side and then distribute it out to the other. And that's what we didn't see Corniak do as much. She she played like a 10, just deeper back into the field, checking into the sidelines, being a little give and go player instead of being able to turn uh, keeping her back upfield and receive from the left and distribute out to the right. That's you where know, she I'm, was like struggling. And you, I, you have to wonder, you have to ask like, was, was that her assignment? Or was that right. the task she was given by the coaching staff? It, does the map look that way? Because that was the instruction that was given. 
I'm with you in terms that it was like maybe like half of a surprise to, to see her there, but maybe not fully surprised. I, I think maybe it was a surprise for me just because we haven't seen Taylor Korniak in, in a lower position in quite some time. Look, she got drafted into this league with Orlando Pride. I think, believe memory serves me correct, Mark Skinner had tried to utilize her in a lower position as well. Was not super successful. Yeah. And you could see as it like as the opportunities that she got to play higher, thrived a bit more. And you can see as she's gone to San Diego Wave under Casey Stoney and how she's been utilized there has been thriving in, in a higher position for, for that team as well. And sometimes when you get to this national team level and you have so much talent at all these different positions, it's perhaps maybe a challenge to to try to see where you can slot them in and unlock something unique or special uh, for an asset for the team. Um, it, it was, look, it was game one for USWNT with Korniak in a six. I think you got to take that with a grain of salt. It was also the first game of, of, of the year. So it's, there was disjointedness in general on, on the pitch. I think in this, in this first half, um, it was one more thing Jordan. about about the midfield, I want to say. I think that the surprise, not surprise, whatever you want to call it, of Korniak starting defensively in the six, it tells us one thing, that that defensive six role is not locked down by anyone, by Andy Sullivan, by Sam Coffey, by by anyone, by Christy Mewis. Yeah. We saw her play there. That there are still some question marks that Black Wanonofsky is trying to figure out, and we're seeing that unfold. And we saw it unfold throughout the first half with this U.S. team. You know, I, I know there have been moments where we've seen um, Lindsey Horan asked to play lower. And, you know, are you of a similar opinion that you lose something when when they're utilizing her within that deeper role? I, I am, especially when we saw her previously play that six role. We lost something in the attacking end. Now, I, I don't think that Horan is maybe as mobile as she has been in years past, but I still think that Lindsey Horan is much better utilized higher up the field um, and, and being like uh, that that attacking midfielder that can hold the space, especially playing alongside Rose Lavelle, that's going to go and expose you if, in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, Haran's better higher up the field. And, and I think, I mean, I know we're talking about the first half in the U.S., but I think Andy Sullivan coming in showed a different side to that midfield than we saw with Korniak in that defensive midfield role. Well, I think the first the first half in the first half in general, it really just sort of felt like it took the team, you know, a, a while to 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 get going. There were just like these uh, intermittent spurts at times of of what you could see that they were trying to do. Um, it was great to see Mitch Purse, you know, back in that front line. I thought I thought of the eleven in that first half that. Rose Lavelle was was doing what she's known for doing, and um, when it came to that 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 front line, you could see uh, Mitch Purse at, at times trying to just do it yeah. herself. Yeah. Uh, basically, it was watching this game from the jump over the ball. You see the team try to break out really, really early, right? And that's not something I think that's uncommon for this uh, United States women's national team. We see really, really early Emily Fox get involved in, you know, on the ball down, down end line. You're saying, okay, all right, first game, let's go, you know, the Foxy. Team go, 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 <laughs> going to have some fun. Um, but then it just, after that very, very early first quick look kind of generated by Fox, it takes 
what, 18 minutes uh, for yeah. us to see uh, perhaps a quality look. Again, I'm talking about doing it yourself kind of energy because that's what we saw out of maybe some of these individual performances in this first half because we have a moment with, with Rose Lavelle trying to, to generate, creating a little bit of space, getting a shot off, and it just takes this little trickle and doesn't really have a lot of power uh, behind it. You have um, right around the 30-ish minute, you know, again, Mitch Purse try to do it herself, gets defenders to collapse on her. This ball bounces to Lindsey Horan in wide open space. We're talking like just within like the six yard box area, yep. finds herself 1v1 with Naylor and takes this shot. And it's almost just like smack directly at the keeper. Is it, uh, I see you putting your hands on your head and rubbing your face. Was that your same reaction when you saw this happen? Completely. I actually, I don't even think I reacted as, as badly as I am now remembering it because I was just like, wait, what happened? Was there a glitch? Like what, what am I seeing right now? Because you don't miss that shot for oh. Lindsay Horan, for Mallory Pugh, for anyone, Lisa Roman, like you don't miss that shot. And you could see it all over Lindsay Horan's face as well. She was like, yeah. what the heck just happened? It, it was literally delivered to her a, a present in the box right in front of goal and it's hit right back at, at the New Zealand goalkeeper and a great save by Neely right to in order to get her foot out there that ball needs to be like hit to the corners kept it low and so much work by the front line at that point I think it, you just touched on that a little bit like what we saw from Swanson, Morgan, and Purse to start this game, I liked. And it, their movement off the ball, they didn't have a lot of touches, right? They didn't create that many chances. Yeah. Um, Fox creating the one and then this one coming uh, later throughout that first half, about halfway through. But there was, like, really good movement off the ball. There was checking back for it. I, I, I agree with you. I think there were moments when Purse looked like she was trying to do everything herself, which we saw a lot with Purse last year at Gotham. Yeah. She's been in, put in that role before. And so she knew kind of how to respond to it, what to do, but it, they weren't getting the ball to themselves, right? That was the yeah. issue. There were so many disjointed moments between the different positional lines of the United States in that first half. And we yeah. see that frequently in these January camps. These players haven't been playing for eight weeks, 10 weeks, and they're getting back into the swing of things. They're they're shaking off some cobwebs. And not that they're not training throughout their offseason every single day, but it's not with the same players. It's not 11 v 11. It's not full-sided against other opposition. And it's a different beast going into it. So I, I liked what we saw, but there was moments where I was like, okay, this is just like sloppy. Yeah. Like we're not connecting passes. We're not doing that. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's the rust you saw from Lindsay Horan, not scoring that opening goal in like the 20th minute or so, whatever it was. I, yeah. I feel you with like the majority of, of parts, of what you're saying for me, I thought the off, off ball movement was kind of stagnant and that also mm -hmm. sort of contributed to a lot of the, the disjointed. I think it, it got, it, obviously for me, it got better as that first half went on, but I would say for maybe that, that opening, 20 to 30 minutes there were moments like if you were on the ball you were like almost on an island at some point yes there wasn't a lot like no one was coming or making the alternate run or, or getting there, into pocket there was space. movement there was off ball movement but it wasn't helpful to what the play was developing at that point like they weren't on the same page with where the movement was where the ball was yeah. going to go personnel like that yeah. It, and you could you could see it like maybe tr like them trying to to click some things together 
as the half was trying to close out, there was one moment we had a moment where we finally got to see Alex Morgan with, with the ball at her feet, but this happens because Haran again, gets the ball out wide. My goodness. It was almost like she was playing as a winger at times. It felt like yeah. but getting Haran receiving this ball in, in wide areas. And she just sort of look, you know, has the presence of mind to look up and, and sees uh, Alex Morgan making a run and she just boots it. She just boots it up towards into space yeah. and, Thankfully, it's a good enough pass to where Morgan gets on the end of it. Now, Morgan carries this into the box, but it looks like she was opting to, to make more of a, a pass in front of goal, potentially to a Swanson making this alternate run. But it just ends up sort of trickling out uh, of play. And uh, I thought that particular sequence was very representative of, of, of the team and, and, their, and their, right. first, their first half. Yeah, that, that sequence coming around the 40th minute mark was, it was like putting a little oil on the, the joints of this team. They yeah. were like getting some of the squeaks out. We saw, I, you said it exactly right, like the what we're used to seeing from this team. Yeah, Haran pulled really, really out wide into those spaces um, and kind of occupying that space. And that's where we saw a lot of Taylor Corniak's touches as well because the ball was in the flanks for this game for the United States. It's where we saw um, Emily Fox get all of her touches, right, where we usually do. But she was utilizing the width of the field and and those flanks. Um, yeah, the, the shot from Alex Morgan, a little unconventional from her. Was she going for the cross and finding Swanson on the back post? Was she looking for the shot? Hey, we're not sure, but it went all the way through and out. And then there's uh, another moment, a set-piece moment, just a few minutes later where uh, Mallory Swanson, she ends up taking this set piece, and it's beautiful. Haran doesn't get a touch. It looks like it. It doesn't. It finds the back of the net, but Haran offside from the start of the free All kick. Right. So it's called back. I'm glad you brought it up because I was literally going to ask you about this. Let's let's close out this first half for everyone joining us today. Do you think it was offside? Should that have been a goal for Swanson off the free kick? No, it was offside. All right. Lindsay Some folks off. wanted to see that other angle. Some folks wanted to see that other other angle to 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 have it to have the yeah, confirmation when, of it. But I will say I this: when, when, it, when you look like at the angle that is uh, like down the the end line where the offside line would be, you can see that Haran is off. And although Haran doesn't yeah. touch it, she's in a position where she's interfering with the play. You're causing the defender to defend differently to move. Uh, yes. What it's like, she what was, happened? <laughs> she was stretched. She was stretched. She was trying to get any kind of body part out, out on that potential, uh, potential free kick. But I, I will say this. It's, it was really, really good to see um, Swanson still over the set piece opportunities. I think uh, we're going to continue to see that. We, we saw that all through 2022. We're going to continue to see that uh, in, in 2023. I think she's a really real, real uh, lethal asset uh, on those uh, set piece opportunities for the team, whether they're from the corner or over free kicks. But that was really maybe the last kind of sequence that we got for this team uh, leading in to the half. But at this point, it's scoreless. It's yeah. zero zero between these two sides going into half. You have to imagine that if you're New Zealand, if you're the home side, you're going into that second half with a bit of confidence. And then for us, uh, sort of looking at this game and looking for things to, to analyze, we're wondering what, Lisa, we're wondering about adjustments. And we got some in the right. second half. And we're going to talk about it right after a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back. Hello, if you're joining us live in this second half of our episode, shout out to everyone in the chat. All right, everybody, now take everything that we just said in the first half and just throw it out the window, just yeet it off the roof. We're going to talk about this second half that brought all the goals and all the excitement. We got an immediate second half substitution. It wasn't just any substitution. We saw four players come into this second half. Um, for those of you who, who were not watching, or maybe if, if you want to be reminded, watching on, on HBO Max, I thought it was cool that they had the, the very quick halftime interview, Mitch Purr saying, uh, yeah, we got to do better uh, in this second half. We're probably going to get a little bit of a talk to got to have more urgency. And sure enough, that was the case in the second half. We saw multiple players coming on in. Uh, Crystal Dunn getting a full 45 minutes. Sofia Huerta uh, coming on in for her. Trinity Rodman uh, getting into the game. And I think that's where we need to focus on a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of players who had an impact for this team uh, for the second half. Uh, when you looked at these four players coming into the game, was there anyone that you were looking at and saying, like, this is the player that we need and that's who's going to make the difference in this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I love these subs coming in. We saw Alana Cook, Sophia Huerta, Andy Sullivan, and then my game changer, Trinity Rodman. Yeah. Hands down, this is a player that I wanted to see come in and make a difference. We know what Rodman can do. We know the spaces she can occupy. And and reflecting on that first half, the United States was finding the most success when they were in the wide areas of the field, when they had the ball in the width and they were sending those crosses in. That's where we saw a a near goal from Mitch Purse in that first half that went off the back post. That's where we saw um, Alex Morgan get in behind the back line. Uh, That's where we saw the set piece coming in from uh, Emily Fox's first half opportunity coming in from the wide areas. And that's where Trinity Rodman thrives in those wide spaces. So I think that the the game called for Rodman and the fact that we got to see her at the 45 minute mark was fantastic. I think that when you look at these other subs, right? Alana Cook, Sophia Huerta, uh, Cook in for Germa and Huerta in for Dunn. I mean, Dunn coming out, that was a minute management and, and getting Huerta some time. So then we saw, because of that, we saw Emily Fox switch back to the left side of the field and Sophia Huerta uh, stay on that right side where she traditionally is. But that was more like minute management. I, I think that yeah. we could have seen Dunn a little bit longer. It, it was nothing that Dunn did. It was nothing that Huerta did. It was more just like, okay, let's, yeah. we got to switch this up. And I think similarly for an Alana Cook and Naomi Gurma, it's trying to find that center back pairing and who works really well alongside of Becky Sauerbrunn in that back line yeah. in front of Alyssa Nair. And so it, it's a, it's a like for like switch there in that position. And then, I mean, Sullivan and Korniak, clearly he's trying to decide which one of them 
can occupy that six role better and differently. But um, Trinity Rodman for me was the super sub that needed to happen. And I was thrilled to see her name and her, her face pop up there. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think it's pretty apparent that maybe some of these were were planned, um, whether it was at the center back position or for for Dunn, who was working her way back uh, into uh, f- being a, a fully 90-minute uh, fit type of player. Um, but I do wonder if, if maybe, you know, that, that defensive mid role was also something that was a, a planned sub. You know, maybe they yeah. gave Korniak a certain amount of, uh, of, of task and assignment for that first half and they wanted to to switch things out if they didn't sort of see things coming to to fruition. So perhaps that was something um, uh, that was planned. And I don't know if if, if Trinity Rodman um, coming in for for Mitch Purse was was something that was necessarily planned. Just because I thought I that first had so, a, yeah. a decent decent first half, um, but maybe they were just trying to get some different looks into into wide areas. Cause again, there was, there was some space there for this team to utilize it. Just, they just weren't able to capitalize it within, within that first half, but it takes all but what two minutes for Rodman to make an impact in this game. You're, you're looking at a, a mouse Watson who gets on the end of this ball and, and just whips it into the box. And we're talking again, another point Blake opportunity. Rodman gets ahead on it, but misses the the target. Uh, but we're talking what, maybe around the 48th minute or so. It doesn't yeah. take very long um, for her to get a player. And I love that that energy kept going because you have just in this sequence, just a few minutes later, they flip the script. You have Rodman to Swanson, this time on the opposite side, Rodman controlling the ball on the right side, getting the, the ball into the box, and uh, Mal Swanson heading it away. First goal for Mal Swanson, maybe not for Mal Pugh, but it was you love to see it. <laughs> USA go up 1-0 in the 52nd minute. Yes, Mallory Swanson, her her 26th goal. Swanson's first, but Mallory, 26th goal. Um, and the assist from Rod, uh, Rodman. I think that that partnership that we saw immediately develop, at, as you said, as soon as the second half started, Rodman getting opportunities, Mallory Pugh finding, or Mallory Swanson, excuse me, finding different spaces and, and occupying them, whipping those balls in. Uh, that's the electricity and the spark that was missing throughout the first half. The, the disjointedness that we saw in the first 40 minutes was shaken away by the cobwebs in the second half. It, it's almost like, as as Midge Purse said, heading into the half, hey, we're going to get a talking to. Perhaps the talking to was, what are you guys doing? Have fun. Play soccer. Move off the ball. Like Do everything that you know basically, uh, like the basics of soccer. That's what they were missing. It, it looked so stiff and um, – congested during the first half. And I I think that you have to look a little bit at the competition too. Like this New Zealand side, we talked about them a little bit in our preview. This was eight uncapped players on this starting lineup for New Zealand, five of them collegiate players still in the United States. This was a really young group in front of a sold-out record-breaking crowd in Wellington. They had a lot to prove. And heading into the halftime at at 0-0, I think New Zealand is pretty pleased with themselves about being able to hold the United States scoreless for 45 minutes, um, limit their opportunities, limit their shots on goal. And, And that was something that, shouldn't be happening. And that's why you play these games. That's why you test the United States because they can't go into a world cup game and 
start a first half like that. You're not going to be able to climb your way back into a game like they were able to do. And although it didn't take long in the second half, they, they were getting chances in three minutes in and they get their first goal at the 52nd minute. Um, and, and then they get two more in the span of 10 minutes, but that's not how it's going to work in four months time when you are playing in New Zealand again at that same stadium again against the Netherlands in the second round group stage game. It's just not going to work. So there was a lot of questions posed for this team, but the fact that they were able to get on the board in the 52nd minute and it was, it was very characteristic of the United States, the way it unfolded. That is a huge bright spot. It was entirely too stagnant in that in that first half despite the yeah. small spurts or the small moments that we saw but i love that one of the literal adjustments in this game was was just like hey try to get the ball to rose lavelle as as much as possible and see what happens uh get get the ball to your playmaker is is definitely in a an adjustment um and it just sort of felt like once they got that breakthrough goal you could kind of tell that the floodgates opened a little bit Right. And now they were cooking because uh, we just we we see that goal in the 52nd minute. We see Alex Morgan uh, have the go ahead goal for this team right around the 59th minute hour mark or so. And and this goal, my God, this this backfield <laughs> flick. I'm like rubbing my eye. It was so good. This this just casual like the way that Roosevelt just made this look so casual. Just this very chill backheel flick pass to Alex Morgan on a run into the box. And then Morgan, you know, being selfish and saying, you know what? I can actually take these shots from angles. I've done them my entire career. She gets the, the shot off on an angle, connects far post, and now the team is up to 2-0. It's one of those goals where it's just like, yes, this is what we're it's, about. It's what Alex Morgan had the opportunity to do in the first half when she ends up potentially crossing it to Swanson on the back post. She's just got to finish that. And and that's what we see around the hour mark from Morgan. I agree that the cheeky back heel from Rose Lavelle to Alex is uh classic Rose Lavelle. I think Rose Lavelle had a tremendous game um, the entire time she was on the pitch first half, although disjointed, although there were moments of, of, bad soccer and uncertainty about what was happening on the pitch. I think Rose still played well in that first half and, and we saw her continue to come to light, like come to life as the floodgates opened in the second half. She really found her rhythm. And, and those are the pockets that you went Rose Lavelle in. You want her with three defenders on her, her back to goal and the ability to understand where the gaps is, where the holes are and the players she's surrounded by specifically Alex Morgan in this situation, knowing that she's going to make this run, even if it's a little off her. She's going to try to get there and she's going to look to finish it. And, and that's exactly what happened uh, for Rose Lavelle, right? 60 minutes we got to see yeah. from her. And I think a really good 60 minutes from Rose Lavelle. It's it's gotta, consistency from Lavelle that I'm I'm loving. Well, she gets this assist on on this on this goal by this go ahead goal by Morgan. And it's right around that hour mark. And, and we're talking about substitutions coming in here and making an impact. And, and we got to see more players come into this game and continue this this sort of this quick succession of, of, of attack for the team. We got to see Ashley Sanchez sub in immediately after that goal uh, by Alex Morgan. And it like, we're talking about players where they just need minutes to make an impact. Where well, we saw Rodman connecting with Swanson 
uh, right out of the gate of the second half. The same case for an mm-hmm. Ashley Sanchez in this game, also connecting with Mallory Swanson just two minutes after touching grass into this game. That's what you need. That's the point of a substitute that you don't have 15 minutes to get into the game. You don't have time to get touches, to understand what the opposition's doing, to find the species. That's what you should have been doing the first yep. 60 minutes of the game. And that's exactly what Rodman was doing throughout the first half. So she could step on the pitch and make an impact. And we saw the exact same thing from, Ashley Sanchez stepping on in the 60th minute for Rose Lavelle and she gets an assist two minutes later as you said that is the impact that we need to be seeing from players for the United States coming off the bench hands down and and that ends up being the third goal for the United States Swanson's second she ends up getting a brace in those minutes and and before you know it it's three nothing for the United States in the span of 10 minutes thanks to substitutes and thanks to young players Trinity Rodman and Ashley Sanchez, hands down. Uh, a double for for Mallory Pugh in this game. It was her fourth international uh, brace for for Swanson. Uh, no hat tricks yet, but we'll we'll see if that'll change in twenty twenty three. Speaking about all that off the ball movement that we were so hungry for in that first half, uh, seeing this team kind of you know spark to life in this second half, we also got to see the return of Lynn Williams in this game. So Mallory Pugh makes her exit after uh, recording uh, the two goals. And Lynn Williams comes in uh, around the 67th minute. And it was, look, listen, clap, 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 applause, applause, applause. Almost a a year-long absence, around 10 months or so from this team. Lynn Williams out nearly all of 2022 um, with that hamstring injury that which required surgery. That's not an easy surgery to come back from. And yet... Here, here, here comes Lynn Williams. She's arrived into this game. And at this point, the United States have already unlocked some things. And yet we see this return of Lynn Williams to the game. And, and I refer to her as sort of this kind of um, preferred Andonovsky type of player. This is a player that we've seen um, prior to her injury be featured in constant camps with the senior women's national team during Andonovsky's time and really that prototypical player within the system that he's been trying to present, which requires frequent off the ball movement. And you see uh, a player like Lynn Williams and what she has can provide for this team in just a manner of minutes. And while uh, you're looking at a player who's likely has to work into, uh, you know, a full 90 minute game, it was great to see her get out there and, and get some time. I really, I particularly love this one sequence and it's not her actual goal, but I really love this one sequence where we see Haran connecting, or excuse me, we see Alex Morgan connect with, with Trinity Rodman out wide, you know, Morgan, making the correct decision to get it to the young one and let her get up into space. And Rodman, right. She's, she's got the ability to get down there quickly, but all of a sudden is kind of solo. And, and I'm like, Oh no, like we did all this work to get Trinity Rodman into space out wide and there's no help. And as soon as I think this thought, a wild Lynn William appears and I'm like, Oh, that's wonderful. Isn't it wonderful to have support in the channels and it's Lynn Williams and it ends up paying off. In the end, because these two connect for a goal, Trinity Rodman in a different sequence uh, sends a ball in and Lynn Williams, 
showing off those hops, even yeah, though it was a dude, very, she, very difficult injury that she came back from. It's looking good, able to get the height on this one and head a fourth goal away for the women's national team. Lynn Williams scores this seven minutes after stepping onto the pitch. It's at the second assist of the night for Trinity Rodman after she subbed on at the half. I, I think that I with Vlako Anonofsky and with this team, you have to be so proud of the subs and, and what they were able to do because the role of the substitute is to come in and to change the game. And you're exactly right. The the combination play between Rodman and Williams, uh, it started on a throw-in, the sequence for this fourth goal. And, and Rodman being so comfortable under pressure, being so comfortable in the flanks and alone, isolated. Uh, she, she doesn't need the overlapping run for the help because she's got the vision to see the multiple options that she has as soon as she receives the ball. And that's what you saw. If you watch it, you can see Rodman kind of playing in her mind. Okay, what can I do with this ball? What are the the different choices I have, the different options? Oh, look at this beautiful run from Lynn Williams. We're going to find her there. And this is all happening in, in the matter of seconds, which is what you need from these players playing at the highest level and what we didn't see in the first half. I'm going to be completely honest. And this was beautiful. I mean, this Williams header, I was so happy for her. You could see the joy on Lynn Williams' face after coming back from an injury to make this camp, to get minutes in this game. Seven minutes after being subbed in, she ends up getting this goal to to put the cherry on top for the United States. Lynn Williams was over the moon. Her teammates were over the moon. It was pure joy on the pitch. The, the team was having fun uh, by that 74th minute, uh, just relaxed and, and playing yeah. the game they love and they know so well. That was It was beautiful, that moment to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just sort of capped off the night uh, for me and this team and uh, obviously a first half that they wanted to forget and that they made up for in the second half. Um, But good things, I think, for this team in that second half to build off in their second game against New Zealand. And that's what's next for this team. They're going to head down over to Auckland now and face New Zealand in the second of this two-game series. Game is going to take place on Friday, January 20th. You can catch the game uh, on HBO Max, obviously, and all other streaming services. Um, Eden Park is where the game is going to take place for this one. Uh, We're obviously going to have a preview for everyone as well. We'll chat all about what we would like to see from this team to close out this pair of friendlies against New Zealand. Who's going to get the star? Who's going to come off the bench, et cetera, et cetera. Stay tuned. Thank you all for joining us today, this morning on Attacking Third. We appreciate you always. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third. Like, follow, subscribe, and leave us a comment because we love to hear from you. We'll be back with so much more. For Sergio Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.